Some of the biggest names in Las Vegas resorts are now running their facilities on solar power, including Bellagio, Mandalay Bay, and MGM Grand. Is this a gamble or a sure bet? I'm Robert Colangelo, and this is GreenSense, where we bring you eco-innovations that are changing the world. MGM Resorts International just launched its 100-megawatt solar array, the largest of its kind in the hospitality industry, producing up to 90% of Las Vegas Resorts' daytime electric power needs. We're joined by Yalmez Siddiqui of the MGM Corporate Sustainability Team to tell us more. Yalmez, welcome to GreenSense. Thank you, Robert. Great to be here. Well, Las Vegas is uh, where the world goes to party, right? (laughs) Absolutely true. Entertainment capital of the world. It's a city that was built on gaming, entertainment, hospitality. Uh, Prior to the pandemic, at its peak, it was receiving about 5 million visitors a month. And with the 2 million year-round residents, that makes it one of the largest populated cities in America. Managing all that water, waste, and energy to support that population is a sen- in a sensitive desert ecosystem is serious business. Yelmas, people come to Las Vegas to be decadent, exhibit uh, conspicuous consumption, and to party. Where does sustainability fit into their goals? Maybe when a guest comes to Las Vegas, sustainability doesn't necessarily fit into their goals um, directly, but if they find out that sustainable activities are occurring behind the scenes, that recycling is happening, that water is being circulated, that lights are efficient and buildings running on renewable energy, then I think they'll be satisfied and pleased that it is a surprising new layer to their visit that, you know, all these great things are happening. And so I think it's a satisfier. It's not necessarily a driver of visitation for for the city. And where does it fit in uh, MGM's uh, priorities? It's very high in MGM's priorities. We started our journey on environmental sustainability quite a long time ago, back in 2007, when we were building City Center, which is now Aria and Vidara, that, that campus. And we decided back then, Robert, to build um, that building as a leading green building, like a very modern building. And modern in 2007 for us meant environmentally sound and efficient. So uh, from that moment, 2007, we've been on a very long-term journey to think about our environmental footprint, reduce it actively in many ways. And it's a priority supported, not just by the senior management of the, of the company, but by, by the board as well. We have a you know, board committee focused on social impact and sustainability and climate and energy has been part of their mandate uh, for over a decade. Well, we did a story uh, when that uh, casino first launched and it was, uh, what did they call it? The big green or green mean machine. It was one of the, <laughs> the greenest casinos in the world and it had some amazing uh, sustainability features on it. Well, I didn't know you wrote a story back or did a story back then, but the truth is even today. So we are what? 13 years from that, the opening was 2009. So 12 years since that, the opening of Aria, it opened as the world's largest, not not only the largest casino uh, that was LEED certified, but the largest private sector development of any type, hotel, uh, corporate office, corporate campus, the largest private sector development of any type that was LEED certified. And to this day, 
Now in, in, in July 2021, it's still the world's largest private sector LEED certified development. So we're very proud of that building. And it was indeed the trigger for you know, the rest of the, the journey that I, I'm sure we're going to get into in, the, in this conversation. Well, MGM Resorts is one of the biggest global hospitality and entertainment companies out there. Uh, what's behind the decision for MGM to power the Las Vegas resort by solar energy? Is it economics, reducing environmental impact, becoming self-sustaining, or perhaps there's something else? And what I'd like to do is let's go through each of those and maybe you could answer and uh, fill in the blanks. Um, what about the environmental impact? Tell us uh, how solar uh, is going to impact the environment in a positive way. Well, a lot of the organization's carbon footprint is directly related to the um, energy it uses. It could be natural gas energy, it could be diesel, could be fuel, could be propane. But a lot of the carbon footprint of, of companies like ours that operate a lot of buildings comes from the electricity we use. And so by switching, there's two paths to reducing the carbon footprint. One, just reduce energy use. So, you know, install LEDs, improve heating ventilation systems, turn lights off, right? Just energy reduction implies or results in carbon reduction. The second big lever to reduce our carbon footprint is to change the energy mix. And that's actually maybe the more powerful lever because you can, you can conserve energy to a certain degree but you can go much bigger uh, in terms of renewable energy. Um, and so that's what we did. One big trigger was to, in order to reduce the corporation's carbon footprint, renewable energy is a big piece of the puzzle. And so um, we, we, that was a, you know, a key driver of the 100 megawatt solar array. How important was it to be energy uh, resilient and have your own power source? That was a key trigger for a decision we made, Robert, in 2015 to do something very unusual. We are in a regulated um, energy context. And, and so as a, as a company in 2014 and prior, we could not buy electricity on the wholesale market. We were you know, we were essentially acting like a, like a resident in, in the region, basically buying the power from the local utility and relying on their pace of change vis-a-vis -vis renewables and cleaning the grid. We wanted to take control of the pace of um, the adoption of renewable electricity in our energy mix. And so we, we left the, the local utility and we were not left, we transitioned to distribution only service from our local utility and paid a very hefty fee. We paid $89 million in order to leave the local electricity um, transmission system and start buying, well, not, not start buying power on the wholesale market. So now we, in 2015, we paid that hefty fee. And the main reason for that fee was to make sure that as we left, stop buying wholesale power from, from, the, um, from the utility, that the residents of Las Vegas wouldn't be hit with higher rates because a major customer had left. So that's the purpose of the exit fee. Um, but we, 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 we did that very major transaction in order to take control of our energy future. And so we've been buying power on the wholesale market since 2007, 
1617 when that transaction closed. And the first major tranche of, you know, self, um, self-commissioned or MGM commissioned solar energy is, is the array that we're talking about, the 100 megawatt. So MV Energy is a local utility. It's owned by Berkshire Hathaway, uh, a Warren Buffett company, and they have a very large solar field that's producing power for the utility at a reasonable rate. We did a story on uh, this. I think it's one of the largest in the country, maybe maybe the world, the solar field. Um, now I understand that was going to be my question is I know these the utility companies did not want to let a lot of these casinos out of those contracts so you had to pay a price to be uh, free uh, and be able to buy your own uh, power power uh, source. Um, do you do you think you could produce power less than a large solar field that uh, NV uh, Energy has at, at a less uh, uh, cents per kilowatt hour? I, I don't think so. I mean, the utilities certainly have the the economies of scale to to develop their. Really, I mean, this the array we developed is a utility array, but we're not a utility. Yes, um, and so we don't have the 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 um, the demand to support arrays of the size a utility would. And so the economies of scale that come from really really large scale beyond. I mean, hundred megawatts is a really large scale, but with you know, yeah, they're. <laughs> scales uh, 5x, 10x, 20x that. And so I don't think we'll ever really um, compete with cost of production at the utility level. Um, well, and that, so that that's, that's a good answer because there's more behind it than just saving money. You know, it's about reducing your carbon footprint. It's becoming uh, uh, independent of energy source. Are there other benefits that you did it for? Yeah, certainly price hedging. So companies like to like certainty of a future price, um, better for forecasting, better for budgeting, better for planning. And so having a significant portion of our electricity at a fixed forward, forward price, which is what we 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 did uh, in this contract, is is beneficial from a financial management standpoint. And you you do know that this. Array was developed by a Chicago-based organization, don't you? No, I didn't. Who was it? Uh, in the company's name is Invenergy. It's a Chicago-based developer of renewable assets, and they built. We 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 structured a twenty-year power purchase agreement with with Invenergy. They built the array. We buy the power off off them um, for twenty years, but because we enable the array, it's. It's named uh, for us and produces power exclusively for, for the MGM Resorts properties on the Strip. And how many properties does MGM own on the Strip? We have 13 properties. They include icons that uh, people will know about, like Bellagio and Mandalay Bay, um, MGM Grand and, and Aria, uh, but also uh, some of the um, other properties that people might not realize are also MGMs, Luxor, Excalibur, Mirage, Signature, um, Delano, T-Mobile Arena, which is where the Las Vegas Golden Knights play. That's a partnership between MGM and AEG. And so we have a substantial portion of the strip. Um, we have 36,000 rooms and 65 million square feet. So it's mm. a lot of space within a four square mile block. 
Well, and sustainability makes a lot of economic sense for a company that large that uh, uh, manages that much square footage and that much water waste and energy. So I can see why you did that and how important your job must be. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, see, one of the reasons I took this job five years ago was because of that density of decision making and density of impact. And then, you know, we can do we can do a few big things and make a really significant uh, uh, impact in in a in a region, and and so uh, it's a very good point about about the the importance um, and the impact. Uh, Las Vegas seems to be uh, a town where there's a few pioneers, and then everybody copies uh, uh, after somebody develops a trend. Do you think you're setting a trend there, and will other casinos uh, follow by uh, installing solar panels on their properties? Well, I think I think in general the resort corridor is more aware and acting in a more robust way on environmental sustainability than people realize. So that's I think a general statement. If, if the average guest knew how much recycling was happening behind the scenes, not just the MGM Resorts properties, but competitor properties, if they knew that the city has one of the world's best circular water systems, you know that where water used inside the hotel rooms is, is going back to its source in a day. Uh, and the fact that many of the resort corridor um, companies have invested millions in energy efficiency and are increasingly seeking renewables either through offsets or, or um, you know, power purchase agreements like, like these. I think my first thing would be they'd be surprised at how much is already happening, not just at everyone, but other properties. But yes, we like to, for your question, thank you for your question, we like to lead. And um, I think in this example, we'll, we'll, we'll also, we, we, you know, we've, we've made a bigger commitment than, than most to renewable energy, um, not just in the resort corridor in Las Vegas, but in hospitality worldwide. And we, uh, we're pleased with that leadership position and we'd be very happy if um, others took on renewable at uh, similar scales. Well, the convention center is a, uh, a remarkable feat. You know, they're trying to be the greenest convention center in the world. Um, any, any thoughts or comments on some of their sustainability programs and maybe what are you doing that's uh, equal or, or better? Um, I, I think I just want to comment that I, it's really good, the, uh, the fact that they pursued LEED certification and Green Globes at the convention center expansion. Uh, I'm definitely seeing a growing interest from convention planners to um, to source uh, their venues where there's a very clear um, strategy around environmental sustainability or green building. And so I think what LVCBA has done is very powerful for the city and will continue to attract the, um, the convention community that cares about these matters, and there's more and more of them every day. Solar's fantastic, but at the end of the day, when you're in a, a city that's 24-7 and lights are shining all the time, you need some way to store that energy. Uh, do you have any battery storage component, or how do you deal with the uh, need to have energy 24-7? Yeah, it's a good question. I'll, I'll, I'll answer by saying that in a, on, a, on a hot day in spring or summer, the solar array that we've just commissioned or just opened uh, is going to deliver 
over 90%, sorry, up to 90% of the electricity needed um, by, by the entire portfolio of 13 resorts on, on the strip. At night, the solar array is not producing any power because there's no sun, of course, to your point. So over, over the entire year, the, um, the array produces about 35% of Las Vegas electricity needs uh, day and night. So the remaining 65% comes through the same structure we had prior to the array, which is we buy wholesale power that is then um, scheduled to meet MGM's demand. So we buy wholesale power through a broker from many power providers. Now the solar array is one of those power providers that's taking a big tranche of energy need, that's delivering a big tranche of our energy need during the day. And then for other needs that aren't being met, say that 10% on a hot day, we still need to buy that. We still need to schedule it. Um, and other times we're still buying wholesale power. We're not using storage today. Um, we are exploring storage for the, for the future, um, but there's nothing um, definitive uh, on the horizon or, or, sorry, nothing definitive I can, I can share today. Uh, so that begs a question. In most uh, uh, areas, there's less power used at night, but in a city that doesn't sleep and shines all the time, is more power used in the day or night in Las Vegas in general? Um, generally more, more in the day, but you're right. The curve um, is, is, less, um, is less pronounced than in, uh, than in uh, typical residence or typical commercial facility. So either, again, you were well-planned or very lucky, but uh, with all that's happening at the Hoover Dam and Lake Mead, you know, the low water levels uh, down over 140 feet, you know, each, each inch of lower water produces less electricity. So you have less water, less electricity, and now you're ahead of the curve because you're uh, relying on your own source. Anything you want to say about the uh, Hoover Dam and Lake Mead and how that's impact the sustainability of the Las Vegas area? Well, my answer might surprise you. The Lake, Lake Mead and the, the drought in the Southwest is, is obviously of really deep concern for the, for the broader region, the broader Southwest. Um, within Las Vegas, what again may surprise you is that for the next, through 2050, there is high confidence of the resilience of, of our water supply based on a combination of groundwater um, availability for the region, for the Las Vegas and Park County region, and our ability to tap um, water from, from Lake Mead at the proportions we are currently regulated to, to use. And the proportion that we're regulated to use in Southern Nevada is 2% of the Colorado River. The Colorado River feeds, feeds Lake Mead. And the reason we've been able to grow, and that 2% allocation was provided to our region back in the 1920s as part of the Colorado River negotiations among the states. Um, the reason MGM's, or MGM and Las Vegas have been able to grow so much is that every gallon, practically every gallon of water that we use inside our buildings is going back to the lake. So we get very significant return flow credits um, because we're, we're just 
circling that water, using it, cleaning it, sending it back, using it, cleaning it, sending it back. Um, the resort corridor only uses six, six, six seven percent of that two percent. So we're we're about we represent about 0.3 percent of total um, Colorado water use, and um, it's it's one of the world's best circular water systems in in Las Vegas. All of that said, we still want to uh, work on reducing total water use, reducing consumptive water use, which is water that we don't return. Water, we use out, water that we use outside doesn't go back to the lake. And so we've got a more active um, program to understand that water we don't send back to the lake. You know, we've changed, changed our grass from turf to artificial turf and added drought torrent landscaping. But there's, there's many more things we, we are gonna do to continue reducing our impact on, on the lake, even though relative to agriculture and um, other uses uh, in other states, we're relatively low users, which is a surprise to most people who think about Lake Mead and Las Vegas's proximity to it. They think it's Las Vegas that's driving that, that, um, that reduction in the lake. It's actually agriculture and, and uh, exterior consumptive use outside the region. Well, as you uh, mentioned, one reason that uh, Vegas is uh, located there is because you have a potable uh, aquifer pretty close to the surface. Uh, so that's a great benefactor. That's right. Um, Las know? Vegas means the meadows, by the way. I'm sorry? Las Vegas, the term yeah. comes from is the meadows. And it's because of the, the aquifer uh, you mentioned that uh, our city is named that way. Um. You have quite a responsibility, uh, as we mentioned, you have a lot of rooms, a lot of square footage, a lot of people coming through there. Uh, tell me something you're most proud of in your position as sustainability manager. So I think I'm most proud of um, program that we've, and this is maybe a personal story as well as a professional story. Um, I grew up in Zambia in Africa and um, I, uh, I saw quite a lot of poverty and um, you know, pollution around me. I grew up in a mining town in Zambia. And um, so when my mom used to tell me to eat every you know, morsel of food on my plate, um, she could point not to those kids in Africa. She could point to the people down the road in, 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 you know, in the, the village that we lived in that didn't have food. And so food waste has been a thing for me for a long time. Like I hate... You know, hate leaving even also food on my plate. So when I arrived in Las Vegas in 2016, one of my first, because um, I, I joined as VP of Corporate Sustainability in 2016, and one of my first projects from my boss was to look at our convention business, understand um, what's going on, understand what the convention clients want in terms of sustainability. And what I uncovered was was managing food waste during events was the number one priority of our convention clients because there's a very visible moment, right? You, you finish a banquet. So there's 20,000 people at this banquet. They're finished. And the meeting planner and the attendees can see all this food. And for years, you know, convention, MGM and Las Vegas have been convention capital for years. And for years, that food was, was being well-managed. It was going to pig farms or compost. It wasn't going to landfill. But the, 
the, the project that I, that I spearheaded in 2016-17 was to figure out how to donate food that was left over after banquets um, to people in need. And so August 2016, first donation from a convention, 900 pounds of potatoes, sausage, eggs. Now we have um, expanded the program to not just banquet meals, but meals from restaurants, from warehouses, mini bar. It's 2.6 million meals we've donated. Amazing. And uh, so I'm really, really proud of that uh, because again, I think, I think the reason I'm proud, it's maybe but for uh, my arrival and, and my uh, ability to solve a problem of how to get legal and risk and health and safety and chefs all on board, that program still wouldn't exist. Um, and, you know, 2.6 million meals wouldn't have gone to people in need. Well, that's quite a story. And people don't realize how much water and energy it takes to produce that food. So indirectly, you're saving a lot of water and energy by giving all those uh, meals away and helping some people that truly are in need. If you've ever gone to Vegas and gone off the strip, you see how much need is out there. I really enjoyed talking with you. Uh, thank you for joining us on GreenSense. And we wish you the best of luck and uh, continued uh, reaching your sustainability goals. Thank you very much, Robert. Enjoyed the conversation as well. That's Yalma Siddiqui of the MGM Corporate Sustainability Team joining us here on GreenSense. This is Robert Colangelo and you're listening to GreenSense Radio. Subscribe to our podcast at greensensefarms.com. Check out the GreenSense Minute every Thursday and Saturday on News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM, WBBM Chicago.